Good evening, church, and welcome to Only Believe. If this is your very first time here, we want to say welcome to church, or as we like to say, welcome home. This is home around here. We are a family of faith. Amen. Amen. If it's your first time here, there's a card in back of that pew that says, let's get connected. If you would fill that out and drop it off at that big old desk out there or in the offering buckets, we would love to just get connected to you. Now, tonight, I want to remind you that this coming Saturday in three days, we are having prayer right here at the church. Who was here for 21 days of prayer? Anyone? Live and in the building. Was it good? Man, it was good. I'm telling you, there has been praise report after praise report of things that have changed because we've devoted ourselves to prayer. And here at Only Believe, we pray first in what we do. So I want to encourage you to come on out 8 a.m. this Saturday. We are going to be praying here just from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Bring somebody with you. Encourage them to get here. Also, too, we are getting closer to Easter. Yes, I love Easter. Easter is such an amazing time in the church. It's kind of actually very special to the church if we want to really think about it. It's about Christ. It's what we live for. Amen. So I want to encourage you. We have two, uh, actually three services here on Easter weekend. The first will be on Good Friday, which is April 7th. And we call this a time of reflection. So what's going to happen is the church will be open from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. And if anyone was here last year for Good Friday and we had like stations and different rooms you went to and you got to experience what the crown maybe looked like, the crown of thorns, what the cross looked like, we're doing the same type of thing but different. So we encourage you to come out from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can come out anytime you want and take your time and at your pace go through the stations. They'll be available here for you. We'll have booklets and we'll walk you through. It's honestly a time just to stop all of the busyness. Stop all of the madness that comes with a holiday. I don't care what holiday it is. There's craziness that comes with it. And just stop it all for a minute and go, but wait, this is why. We're here because of Jesus. So I encourage you to come out. Invite people out to this. We had so many good uh, talk about it last year and how important it was. So I invite someone out. We also, on Easter Sunday morning, we have two services, a 7 a.m. sunrise service. Who's an early riser in here? Praise the Lord for you all. Not my story, but that's okay. We need early risers and we need late risers, right? Got to have some balance in here. But 7 a.m., we will be worshiping first, and we'll have a miracle service right here. And then after that 7 a.m. service, if you've been here, you know that we have Panera Bread for free out in the lobby. Uh, we'll serve you Panera Bread. And then 10 a.m., we're going to have a celebration service right here as well where we're going to worship, and we are going to praise the Lord for being risen. Amen? Amen. Well, if you'd stand to your feet tonight, I want to encourage you tonight to worship. And I, I was thinking about, I was thinking about today and I'm involved in my children's school and my children go to a Christian school. And every Wednesday I get to go to the school and lead elementary chapel in worship. And I'm going to be honest with you. When they first asked me to do it, I was like, what? I don't do the kids thing very well. Pastor Randy don't let me back in kids church. He's like, you gotta be nicer, Ashley. I'm like, Pfft. They got to listen, man. He just don't let me, like kids are not my strong suit. But they asked me to lead worship. 
And I said, well, I'm going to be real with you. I don't got all the fun and the motions and the excitement, but I can teach these kids how to worship. I can do that. That's a part of who I am. So every Wednesday I get to worship with K through fifth grade. And we were singing a song this morning. And these little kids (laughs) with all abandon are lifting their hands in school, worshiping Jesus. And I understand that's not the case in public school and that's not the case for everybody. And I'm thankful I get to do this. But I took a moment and went, look how devoted they are. Just for a moment, they've come and surrender. And you and I are children of God. The Bible says, come like a child. So I want to encourage you tonight, when you worship, don't hold anything back. Don't let anything hinder you from worshiping tonight with full abandon, with full surrender tonight. I choose to worship Jesus. I choose to give him everything tonight, that there's nothing left in me that I'm going to hide. There's nothing that he can't see anyway. But tonight I'm going to lay it down at the foot of the cross. Tonight I'm going to say, Jesus, I need you. And I'm here to worship you in spirit and in truth with everything I am tonight. So Father, inhabit our praises tonight. We've come to magnify you. We've come to give you praise and worship and glory and honor and bestow that upon you tonight and call you holy. Lord, we pray you inhabit our praises tonight in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. Darkness, I hear the sound of heaven singing. 
We raise our voices loud. It's here right now. Oh, yes. And can you hear the sound of freedom breaking out? Come on, all across this room tonight. I feel like there's somebody in this room tonight that maybe has a situation they're going through and they just need to sing through it. They need to praise through it. A freedom break. Come on, just lift your voice in this place tonight. This is loud. It's here right now. Here right now. And can you hear the sounds of freedom breaking out? We raise our voices loud. Here right now. Oh, can you hear? And can you hear the sounds of freedom breaking out? We raise our voices loud. Here right now. Oh, yes. Can you hear the sounds of freedom breaking out? We raise our voices loud. Here. Come on, let's shout it out tonight. Hey, can you hear the sounds of freedom breaking out? We raise our voices loud. song we could ever sing worthy of all the praise we could ever bring and worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you we live for you and Jesus the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever save. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Whoa. 
worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. And worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. the name above every other name and Jesus the only one who could ever say he's worthy you're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you Lord oh we live for you
Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. I believe tonight's going to be a great night. We're excited about our small groups and just excited about you being here tonight. I, every time we come together, I have anticipation that God's going to move in a significant way. I don't come to church just to come to church. I come to church to receive, to, uh, to give as well, because God's given all of us gifted to talents to bless others, encourage others, touch others, impact others. I have the privilege tonight, uh, normally I would take the tithes and offerings, but I have a privilege tonight on Sunday. How many here on Sunday? The Lord was moving powerfully, wasn't he? I uh, kind of flipped the service a little bit upside down. Um, I was supposed to receive an offering on Sunday, and well, as well, the Spirit's moving one way. Well, it's okay. We're going to go one, one direction, and, and we saw so many lives touched and impacted. We have got praise for it. But I wanted to share of an exciting opportunity. Uh, Pastor and I are going to get a chance to go back to Pakistan for our fifth uh, crusade in 16 months. Uh, Pakistan is the second largest Muslim nation in the entire world. And in the last, just in 2022 alone, we saw 218,430 people come to Christ in Pakistan. It's, it's, we just give God praise. I must admit, I've been all over the world. I think it's probably the greatest opportunity I have seen in my lifetime. But I'm concerned because I'm getting some concerning signs the door might be closing. So you can imagine Pastor, when I share that with him, he's like, okay, Eric, we got to get in there. We got to get in there fast, and we got to win as many as we possibly can so we can fill those nets up as full as we possibly can and get them into the kingdom of God. So uh, I got a quick video I'm going to show you. I'm not going to take a long time tonight, but I want to show you some of the things that God helped us to accomplish in 2022, and it's because of God and it's because of you. Please show the video if you would, please. Hallelujah. That's just a little glimpse of what we had the opportunity to do in Pakistan in 2022. And we have two opportunities. We're going to be leaving on Monday. Uh, Pastor will be ministering on Sunday, and then we're going to be wheels up for Pakistan. Uh, if you would, be praying for us. Uh, it's, it's not one of those places that you go there without understanding the cost and the potential risk, those kind of things. But we're willing to go because we know the impact we can have on the kingdom of God. And uh, again, the Bible says one can put 1,000 in flight, two can put 10,000 in flight. And I believe together with all of our faith, we can see 
multitudes come to Christ in that amazing nation. So what I want to just encourage you, like I have in times past, is that, um, you know, the key of the success of Pakistan is busing people to a safe and secure location. I can't mention cities right now where we're going to, but we have a city already secured. Uh, we're expecting eighty to 100,000 people to be in, on a crusade grounds on March the 10th. And then we're going back again on October the 13th for a second crusade. But on March the 10th, we're expecting 80 to 100,000 people to be there. And it really comes down to is, is every, every dollar sown, I can put a soul in front of Pastor Dosik. And so um, I, I've talked to a few people individually, and many, several of you have given very strongly. I just want to say thank you in advance for everything you've done so far. I'm saying this kind of for the, for the first time to congregation, and Pastor told me to talk about it again on Sunday. So I want to prepare your hearts. You may not be prepared to give tonight. You may want to give tonight. But uh, literally for a $100 gift, we can put 100 people on those buses you just saw. And people will, will sit on laps. They will sit in the aisles. They will literally sit on top of the roofs. I've seen these buses come. I'm just shocked the, the danger these people take to get to the crusade. But, you know, we always embed a pastor on each bus. So when people come to Christ, not only do they fill out a card out at the crusade grounds, when they get onto that bus, there's a pastor asking them a question saying, hey, did you just receive Christ tonight? And they're saying yes. Well, we have found out between 85 to 88% of those people that come to Christ in these crusades are in a church that following Sunday. So not only are we seeing people come to Christ, they're being rooted in churches as fast as possible because we believe we don't want the devil to steal that seed and pull it away. So I just want you to pray what the Lord might ask you to do. You might not be prepared to give tonight. Maybe can't. We are going to receive an offering. But for every dollar you can give will be a soul in front of the pastor. So maybe the Lord will touch your heart to sponsor a bus. That would be $100. Maybe you can sponsor five buses or ten buses or 50 buses. Whatever the Lord tells you to do, it's not the amount. It's, it's what the Lord asks you to do. So just know we want to get there. I'm concerned the doors are closing. I hope we go back in 2024, but there's no guarantees. So we want to get in there as best we possibly, as best we possibly can. Get on the Holy Ghost Combine and just pull the sheaves in as best we possibly can, as fast as we can, so we can populate heaven even more. Uh, church, I can't thank you enough. We couldn't do this without you. Um, PDM is part of only, only, only Believe, as we all know, and together we're making a difference literally all over the world and here in the state of Ohio. So uh, I'm just going to pray, and we're going to receive an offering. If the Lord touches your heart tonight to give, you can. If you're not prepared to give tonight, you want to give on Sunday, feel free to do that as well. So, Father, I just thank you, God, for everyone under the sound of my voice, those watching right now via live stream. Father, I thank you, God, that you've been so faithful to pastor, to, to be able to get in this nation and, and minister and see so many amazing things take place. So many souls come to Christ. We're seeing thousands of churches raised up. Lord, we just give you the praise for it because we we're just the conduit. We're just the voice. You're enabling us to do it. And this congregation and people who support us and pray for us are also a part of the, that amazing harvest that's come uh, to Christ so far. Lord, we're, our faith is set that we want to see a minimum of 100,000 more people come to Christ. And we'd like to see even more than that. But we're setting our faith for at least 100,000. Father, I thank you, God, uh, as you touch people's hearts, whatever they can do to help us to get more of these wonderful people to know you as their Lord and Savior. That's what we want to do. Father, I thank you for everyone that gives. I just ask you to bless them. Bring it back to them, God. Press down, shaking together and running over, God. Let this be a harvest of amazing increase for every person that gives today and also on Sunday to help us be a blessing to the nation of Pakistan. God, I just give you praise for all you do. And we just give you the, uh, the honor uh, and the glory for what takes place in that wonderful nation. In Jesus' name, everybody said, hey, amen. We're going to receive a, an offering for Pakistan. Then we got Joe Litchfield coming up and receiving our tithes and offerings. And then after the tithes and offerings, we're going to release you to small groups. Okay, so if you don't mind, just bear with us for just a few more moments.
Praise God. We serve a God of miracles. Is that correct? Amen. Uh, I just want to take a minute, and uh, I was just made aware tonight that somebody's in the hospital. Uh, you know, more than two or more to gather are gathered together. You know, he is in our presence, correct? Uh, if we're in agreement, uh, let's just pray for this person right now. Uh, Father God, right now, we just lift you, lift up this person right now, Father God, that's in the hospital suffering with this, this ailment, Father God. And we just ask you right now, Jesus, that you turn it around and that you start miraculously healing their body in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that this is done right now. And we do not even think that it's not done because... Father, you are the miraculous healer, and it is done. You give us the power to pray and just believe that you are our healer, and we give you the glory and the honor. All right, it's time for tithe and offering for our house. Who's excited? All right, we got three ways to give. Uh, anybody has an envelope in front of their uh, booth, they can grab it uh, for tithe and offering. Uh my tithe and offering, I wanted to talk about uh, being passionate. What is a passionate giver? What's the definition of passion? Uh, it's a focused desire, a positive feeling that we want more of a particular experience. You know, when we give, God gives that to us. It's almost like a positive feeling, or, and it creates our focused desire to want more of it. Uh, Hebrews 10, 35 and 36 says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, which will of God is for us to tithe, you may receive the promise. So God, that's one of God's wills for us is to tithe, so we will be blessed. So what what's... What makes us want to be passionate? What's the uh, fruits, I should say, for, for being passionate? What about joy? You know, it's human nature for us to desire joy in our lives. It's, it's, you know, nobody wants to be upset or angry or, you know. Uh, John fifteen eleven it says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. So when we give, we can see joy in our lives, and that gives us the passion just to give more, give more to God. Uh, so he has told us to give so for us to have joy and to have that passion in our lives, to keep on giving. And it's just what we want, what we need as a human being, and it's what God designed us for. Uh, let's pray. Father God, we just come before you right now. And we just ask that each individual in this place or at home watching has a passion for giving for you, Father God, to you. To advance your kingdom, Father God. Just to open up our eyes and our lives, Father God, the joy that we'll receive when we do give. Father God, your word does not come back void. And we give you all the honor and all the praise, Father God, because we always have joy when we're in your presence. And we give you glory and the honor. 
Amen. You may give. speaker tonight, one that I was watching today on live TV going into 182 nations of the world. He was preaching the gospel and people were getting saved in over 100 nations of the world. Their miracles were taking place. You're in for a real treat tonight. Let's give a warm welcome to, from Only Believe to Randy Manns as he comes forward to bring forth the word. Hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bibles... Go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. And before getting started, I have to get real spiritual here. I want to say hi to my grandkids, KK, Coop, and MK. Papa loves you, and make sure you say amen a couple times, because I'm not sure I'll get much here. Amen. amen. Papa loves you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you know, we're, I believe we're in a season of, of revival. I believe God is pouring out his spirit. But, you know, with greater power, God spoke to me this years ago, with greater power comes greater responsibility. Amen? That's, that's, the, that's the part. And somebody said, what do you mean? Well, look at Ananias and Sapphira. They just told a little lie, and God killed them. So great power comes great responsibility. Keep that in mind. Well, we're going to um, start in Matthew 16, uh, verse 24 to 27. And I'm going to piggyback on what Pastor was saying Sunday. And what I've found in life is that, you know, Pastor's a good person to get a message and piggyback off of. Amen? Hallelujah. Verse 24, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. You know, it seems to me that God is interested in rewards and works, and it would probably behoove us to maybe be interested in the same thing that God is interested in. Just, just, just saying. Hallelujah. 
I believe God is raising up an army of believers in this end time that will follow him at any cost. I believe there's a people that God is raising up who I, I call it selling out to him. Now, there's a, you know, everyone is sold out to something. There's a small percentage that's sold out to God. There's a small percentage that's sold out to the devil. But there's a large percentage of people who are sold out to self. What makes me feel good? What can I do to benefit me? Amen? But that's not what the disciples, when Jesus spoke to them, he didn't offer them, you know, really anything. He just said, follow me. And they laid down and gave everything to him and followed him. Amen? So I believe that's who God is looking for in these end time, this season of revival that we're in. God is looking for individuals that will give their life totally to him. Now, does that mean you're going to be perfect? No, we're going to make mistakes, but it means that your heart is right with God. That means you're trying to do everything for God. That means you're getting God incorporated into every part of your life. Amen? Hallelujah. I hope my grandkids are saying amen. Amen. <laughs> John 10.10 10 says, For the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy and I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. So we can see that the devil is active in our world. We can see that wickedness is abounding. But you know what? God has something greater for us. Jesus said, I have come that you might have the abundant life. Hallelujah. Well, let's go to, I'm guessing it's Luke 9.62, or we, I didn't put a ch chapter here or whatever, but... Uh, we could start and do all the 962s in the Bible. I'm sure we'll find it. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it just, I believe it is Luke 962. But also I want to uh, warn you that I wore my watch that doesn't work. So, you know, um, that case, if I preach too long, we'll never know. Amen. Chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, verse 62. And Jesus said, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You know, it is time for us as believers to put our hands back on the plow. You know, it's time for us to do the things that we used to do. Amen? And, you know, pastor's talking about prayer and fasting and the word. And I'm just going to follow up on that a little bit. Let's go to Acts Third chapter, verse 1, Acts 3, 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Well, you can see that the disciples had set aside some time for prayer. Amen? And Jesus was a person of prayer. And we are followers of Jesus, so we should be people of prayer. John thir chapter 13 to chapter 17, I think at least four different times, Jesus said, listen, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So we should be people of prayer. You know, I think about judging myself, and I started thinking, you know, I used to pray this long in the Holy Ghost. I used to pray this time. You know, I'd taken my hands off the plow somewhat. So I'm making a commitment 
and have made a commitment to get back to prayer. That's the foundation, the three foundation, the three cord that, that's not easily broken that pastor's been speaking about is prayer, fasting, and the word. And this revival that we're, we're going to experience, it's going to be manifest. We have to stay rooted and grounded in those three areas, prayer, fasting, and the word. But we need to put our hands back on the plow when it comes to praying. Amen? Let's go to Matthew 9. Matthew 9, with great power comes great responsibility. Matthew 9, 14 and 15. It says, Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken from them, and then shall they fast. You know, Jesus was a person of fasting. Again, we are followers of Christ. If Jesus fasts, then we have to incorporate that. And I look at it in my life. I, I used to, you know, fast quite often, but I've gotten away from that. But I'm going to commit myself back to fasting. You know, uh, the disciples couldn't cast out a devil. They had the power and the authority to do it because they had already done it probably in hundreds of uh, people's lives. But Jesus said, this kind of unbelief will not come out except by prayer and fasting. So it is, you know, we look at Jesus who was fasting for 40 days, uh, dealt with the devil, and then came out in the power of the Spirit. Amen. So fasting will unlock the treasures, the, uh, the heavens uh, over our lives in the area of, of power and anointing in our lives. So I said, God, not only am I going to commit back to prayer, I'm also committing to fasting. Now, my body doesn't like that, but hallelujah, with great power comes great responsibility. The third thing is the Word. Let's go to John 1.1. I don't have any great revelations tonight, but I do have a, 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 what I think is a sound doctrine. And the Bible says in the last days there will be lack of sound doctrine, and we see that all over. It's interesting to me, the ones that think they have the sound doctrine don't, but that's another story. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you had sound doctrine, I would think you would go to church. Just saying. People that don't go to church and try to preach sound doctrine, I... You know, if you physically can't make it, I understand that. If you're old, can't make it. But if you can make it, you know, we, we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves with others. More and more as that day approaches. So this is the day. And I see the enemy attacking people, trying to keep them out of church. Hallelujah. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. Might be the reason we lead, we lead boring lives is because we're not in the Word the way we used to be. Just saying. Hallelujah. Let's go to John 1.1. 1, 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
You know, years ago when I was reading that, I had read that many times just like the rest of you. But God spoke to me and said, these are the three stages that Christians walk in. And I go, what? And then he told me again. And I looked at, looked at in the beginning was a word. Yeah, we start out, somebody speaks to us, or we hear about Jesus. And we know Jesus is the word. Amen? And then the word was with God. We relate the word. We study our Bible. But then, the, 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 you know, and the Bible also talks about First John about the, the baby or child stage, the young man stage, and the father stage. But this, this father stage, maturity stage, it says the word was God. See, when the word becomes God to us, then we, you know, we don't doubt the validity of it. When God says that, you know, by his stripes we are healed, we know that word is God and that God is word. Amen? We can't separate them. And we know that Jesus, when he was 12, his parents could not find him. And where was he? He said, well, I'm, I'm in the temple. I'm, I'm studying the word. I'm looking at the word. And we are followers of Jesus. Amen? You know, I've been listening. I found a song that I really like. Uh, it's back in 2019. No, I'm not going to sing it tonight. You're lucky. <laughs> I might have Randy get up here and sing it. I don't know. But... No, I take that back. I remember. Anybody remember when Randy was in the choir? How many are glad that he's not in there no more? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but, but the song, the song name of the song is Mark My Hands. And I thought, what in the world does that mean? You know, the song's great. It talks about revival. It talks about an awakening. It, it, it talks about the power of God. And I thought, what does Mark My Hands mean? Well, I looked it up. And it means that it implies that the one saying it is deeply committed to someone or something. It also means that it's something that they want recorded for later verification. And so I got to thinking, you know, the devil's going to put his mark on his people that choose to deny Christ. And we know that Satan is not a creator. He's a copier. So he evidently got that from somebody that mark. I believe God is wanting people to mark their lives for God in this final hour. And we look at the parable of, of, of the, the, the workers in the final hour. The ones that worked an hour did more than the ones that had worked the nine hours or earlier, the earlier hours before that time. So we are the last hour generation. We are the ones that God has called, has anointed, has created us for this end time to be part of what God is doing, to do the greater works in Jesus, to see his spirit poured out like never before. We are the generation, I believe, that will see Jesus and calling us home. But with greater power comes greater responsibility. Don't think that you're just going to be able to just to slide through. No, God is calling people now to commit, to, to get that mark, to, to choose, as Joshua said, to choose you this day whom you may serve. He didn't say just choose me one time. He said choose this day. We have to choose daily to follow Jesus. We have to choose hourly to follow Jesus. We have to choose the moment by moment to follow Jesus. You know, it's, it's, it's things we have, 
laid down, things that we have taken our hands off the plow, prayer, fasting, the word, witnessing. I, I, don't, I don't witness like I used to. I mean, I'm, I'm the first to admit it. It used to be, a, it didn't matter where I went, I knew that somebody wanted to hear about Jesus. I knew, well, actually, I knew that everybody wanted to hear about Jesus. So it didn't phase me at all. I would just start telling whoever I came in contact with. But see, I've taken my hands off the plow. That's hard to, you know, it's hard to swallow, but it, it's a God's truth. I'm probably the only one like that, but hallelujah. <laughs> well, let's go to Revelation. I'm not going to speak long tonight. I do believe God's going to do some things um, for those that are hearing. And maybe I'm the only one that uh, has taken his hands off the plow. Well, God did this, and I'm preaching to him myself because he loves me. Hallelujah. Let's go to Revelation 2, verse 1. Revelation 2, verse 1. Hallelujah. Gosh, it's only 5 o'clock. Oh, 7.52, my bad. Wow. Hallelujah. <laughs> Man, I like it. Maybe he could take some years off his body, too. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Revelation 2, verse 1 through 5. It says, And to the angel of the church of Ephesus, or the church of Bacchians, these things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them, tested them, which say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. You, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and has not fainted. All sounds pretty good. But nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Now I had to look at myself, you know. For me to take my hands off the plow when it came to areas of prayer and fasting, witnessing in the Word, you know, I, it, it just, bottom line is I've left my first love. Now, I, I'm still saved. I, I love Jesus. But I, I, you know, I had to admit, I've left my first love. But look at verse 5. And he gives us a cure for this. See, I, I, I don't know about you. I don't want to miss anything that God's going to do in this final hour. I don't want to. I want to make sure that my heart is right. I want to make sure that God, you know, fulfills everything that he has in my life for me to do. And I do not want to be the one that he has something against. I want to be the one that he can use. Amen? And I know that, you know, I've been created and born just as you for such a time as this. You know, he, he didn't create, uh, have Paul, Apostle Paul born. He didn't have Peter. He didn't have Noah. He didn't have, a he had us. And there's a reason. Did anybody here choose to be born? Maybe born again, but born? No. God chose you to be born at this time. Hallelujah. And I think it's an exciting time. But with greater power, comes greater responsibility. Look at verse 5. You know, the Bible also says, if you judge yourself, you'll not be judged. 
And, you know, I, I had to judge myself uh, because, you know, I, I've taken my hands off the plow. I might have one hand still on the plow, but you ever try to plow with one hand? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Actually, I never tried with two, to be honest. <laughs> my mom always tried to get me in the garden, but the rows were <laughs> literally, and she'd get mad at me. And anyway, I was not a farmer or an Amish. Hallelujah. Our closest neighbors were Amish, Amish, whatever you call them. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's some good Amish, born-again Amish. Hallelujah. All right, verse 5. It says, remember. Okay, God is, Jesus is telling us here how to, you know, uh, get back to our first love. He says, remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. Remember what? Remember when God saved you. You know, I can remember, so I started to remember when God saved me. Man, I, I you know, I, I grew up, kind of an abusive life. Uh, I was, you know, uh, I had zero self-esteem. I couldn't look anybody in the eye. I just kept, because of the things that were done to me. But when, and, and I never had any peace in my life. It was like somebody had a knife in me, just, ugh. So it just, you know, it drove me to, to, doing things in extremes. And when I drank, I extremely got drunk. When I did drugs, I extremely did drugs. When, when I did other things, I extremely did them, which got me in a lot of trouble. But I had no peace. But I remember the time when I got tricked in going to church. My, my oldest brother, had, he's in heaven now. He knows the truth. <laughs> but we'd been out all night, so the next day I went to help him move a refrigerator. And... and it, uh, you know, I had a hangover, I, I, went, I had a headache, uh, I was sweating, trying to move his refrigerator, and, and his wife was a Christian, and she kept asking me to go to this, this revival they were having, and I kept telling her no, and she kept asking me, and I thought, oh, man, woman, have you come here to torment me before my time? <laughs> and she kept it up, and finally I said, you know what, I'm going to tell her this, that, that way I'll shut her up. I said, I'll go if my brother goes, if Bob goes. And she started doing a little Holy Ghost dance. And I thought, what's wrong with this woman? And she said, Randy's going to church. Randy's going to church. I said, I didn't say anything remotely like that. Well, I found out later that Bob had kind of was sucking up and said he would go to church that night. I was not a very good sucker-upper back then, okay? <laughs> I didn't care what my wife thought. I didn't care. You know, I just didn't care. So... I went to that service, long story short, the minister came back, place was packed out, I just wanted to hook it out of there, he come right back to me, I said the words that he said, I don't even think I meant the words to be honest, I know that's not good doctrine, but I asked God later on, how in the world did you save me when I didn't even really mean it? My mom's faith, she would stand up in church and, and testify, back in the older Pentecostals they would testify and she would thank God for my salvation, thank God that I was filled with the Holy Ghost and thank God that I was preaching the gospel, you know, and, and people would say, well, he's in jail tonight, he is not saved. And you see what she was doing was speaking faith. A prayers of a mother, listen, is more powerful than you'll ever know. I've seen it in my grandma's life. She said not one of her children would go to hell. And I'm telling you, it might be five minutes before they bust it and die. They received Jesus Christ. And not one of them, and I think it was ten of them, not one of them has missed heaven. Prayers of a mother. You know, I think of Timothy. He said the faith that was in your grandmother and your mother. Didn't say your grandfather and father. 
but there is something about a connection of a mother's prayers. Amen. So anyway, I received Jesus. And I'm telling you what, I had love and joy and, and peace. Peace. I never had peace in my life, and I finally found peace. I told everybody. I was so excited. See, God is saying, remember, remember when you first were saved. Remember how he'd taken the shackles off of us, how he'd given hope to you in your life. See, we need to remember and not to think we're all this and all that. Because apart from Christ, we are nothing. We are hopeless without Christ. So we need to remember what God has saved us from and how we felt and what we were willing to do in that newness that, that, that we was experiencing being born again by the Spirit of the living God. So we need to be thankful people. Remember and be thankful. The, one of the worst things you can do in your life is become unthankful. Whether it's unthankful for your wife, your spouse, unthankful for your children, unthankful for your pastors, unthankful for your salvation, that is the, you're heading down a, a slippery slope to hell when, you become un, when we become unthankful. We need to get up and thank God that we are saved, that we are filled with the Spirit of God, that He has delivered us from the enemy, and we need to be thankful people how we were when we were first saved. <coughs> Hallelujah. So God is saying, you want to rectify leaving your first love? Well, start being thankful. God, I am thankful. And the second thing he says here, he says, and repent. And repent. In other words, change your thinking. Start thinking differently. Start thinking the way you thought when you were first saved when it came to doing and being obedient to God and, and, and doing the will of God. Jesus said, unless you become like a child. You know, there's a lot of things that we should continue to act like a child in, and that's, that's one of loving God and, and loving others. <coughs> Excuse me. And when we change our thinking, we'll change our words and we'll change our actions. And the third thing, he said, he said, remember, become thankful, repent. God, forgive me. Help me, God. And do the first works. Do what you did when you were first saved. What did you do when you were first saved? You were excited about the word. Now, now we act like, oh, we've got to get in the Bible, we've got to read, you know. Uh, I, I'm guilty. I'm guilty, I'm guilty, I'm guilty. Oh, prayer. Oh, I, uh, I've become unthankful. Maybe there's, diff, you know, to a degree that I'm, I'm not a Christian no more. But no, I, I, I look, I am not as thankful as I once was. I've left my first love in a sense. But you know what? I'm going to be more thankful than I've ever been. I'm going to repent and start thinking differently, and I'm going to do what I used to do. I'm going to witness. I'm going to study the Word. I, I remember when I first got saved, I studied the Word so much, I literally, for two months, I, I forgot I even had a TV. Some, somebody come in and turned out, I go, oh, I got a TV. I literally forgot about the TV. Two or three months. I mean, it just, but I'm going to get back. 
doing the things that I used to do when I was first saved. Hallelujah. Now remember, with greater power comes greater responsibility. It's still 5 o'clock, so we're doing good. God has stopped time for us. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, with that being said, I really believe. I'm going to open the altars. I'm not going to pray with you, but I'm I just going to open the altars. And if any of this is you, then I believe what God's going to do as you come to the altar with a pure heart and say, God, you know, I don't pray like I used to. I don't fast like I used to. I don't witness like I used to. I don't study the Word. And this is not condemnation. This, this is just, you know, the Bible, again, says, you know, judge yourself, you'll not be judged. And I had to judge myself. And you're not going to get it all back in one night, but God is looking, God looks at the heart. And God is looking for pure hearts. I believe God's going to do some things as people come up and just, you know, pray to God. Talk to God. I believe God's going to burn some things out. I believe God's going to burn some things in. And I believe God's going to help us be prepared for what's getting ready to take place in this church, in our world. We are the ones that shall see I believe, God told me this years ago, and I believe what God said, that I would see the, the rapture of the church, and I would be part of this end-time revival. And he's confirmed it over and over. I just don't want to miss anything. I want to keep my heart pure. I don't want to be the one that does everything, but then left my first love. I, I don't want to be that individual. And I believe God, I'm just going to open up the altars individually, uh, if you need a personal prayer, uh, we got the altar team here. But I just want to open up the altars. And if you don't feel like that's who, uh, you know, that I'm talking to or God is talking to, you, you know, you can be dismissed. Um, uh, Sunday morning service, pastor will be here and uh, be, oh, wait. Saturday morning prayer from 8 to 9. And, and then Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. Come expecting, Pastor, I know is going to have a great word. But I want to open up the altars now. And um, I am finished. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you, God. God, that we are the final hour people. God, we are the ones, God, that shall do more. Thank God for those that laid the foundation for us. Thank God that, that, that those that paid the price for us to be what we're getting ready to experience here in our lives, God. But God, we are the ones you have called. And God, let us have a pure heart. God, let us have a heart after you, God. Let us hear the words, God, when you talk to others about us that, oh, look at him, look at her. They have a heart after me. Now, God, I just ask you to touch people, minister to people, heal people, heal, God, scars, heal spiritual wounds, heal, heal physical pain, because you're the healer. Now, God, I know that you are here, not just for a, a Wednesday night service being here. God, you are here, God, to touch hearts and touch lives, because, God, that is who you are. You heal us because you love us. 
Now, Father, I thank you for ministering to people, and I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Hallelujah. Altars are open and or you're dismissed in Jesus' name.